Hello and welcome back to Life's a Beach, a podcast for athletes and anyone struggling with their mental health and wellness. I'm your host, Alexia Inman. So it's that weird middle time between summer ending and school starting right now where like you don't really know whether to be sad about the end of something, which is summer, or happy about the beginning of something. And this has been on my mind a lot because for athletes, it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions. Like, it's exciting to go back to school and get back to competing and being with your teammates, but it's also incredibly daunting. It just means it's just a time of honestly stress a little bit and just a time of really having to juggle what you're doing really well. It's less sleep trying to juggle practice and homework. It's less social life because you're so busy trying to juggle the other two and fit sleep in. It's just more mental strain. And it's so easy to get swamped in that mental strain super quickly. With this in mind, I wanted to make a back to school episode (laughs) dedicated to helping ease some of these worries just with stuff I've kind of learned. I'm the type of person who loves to constantly be working on themselves. Uh, I would say I'm healthily obsessed with self-growth and finding ways to keep being a better person. And in the last year, I've noticed that a lot of old mental, okay, I don't like to call them mental challenges because that phrase seems so insurmountable to me. And it's like mental challenges. So what I use that actually my boyfriend geniusly came up with was mental buggers. Um, It's a little more docile. It's more manageable for my brain. Um, But I've noticed that a lot of like mental buggers that I've struggled with in the past kind of resurfaced in different ways. And this summer I decided I really needed to take the time to sit with myself and determine how I can live a life I'm meant to live while responsibly handling those buggers. (laughs) And when I put my mind to a mission, I go balls to the wall, y'all. Like, read four self-help books in a week balls to the wall. Yes, I actually did that. And yes, I read 12 total this summer because you're probably curious. Um, I know it's a little borderline psycho, sue me. (laughs) But in doing this, I've gleaned so much knowledge and I feel like I know myself and my anxiety and my other buggers better than I ever have. And I kind of learned how to fight back and find happiness even in the thick of those really hard, anxious times. And honestly, I would feel so remiss if I didn't share some of that amazing knowledge I've gleaned with all of you. One of my favorite back-to-school traditions as a kid was always going back-to-school shopping. Like, the idea of showing up for those first few weeks of school with all your new outfits and all your new school supplies just made me feel so ready and excited for the year. So I'm about to bring some back-to-school shopping directly to your eardrums through this episode. Consider the advice and the tidbits I'm about to give you a sort of virtual back-to-school shopping sesh for your mental well-being. You can filter through the piles of the words I'm about to say and pick and choose to hang on to whatever makes you feel most ready and confident going into the school year. So happy back-to-school shopping, everybody. (laughs) Here's 10 lessons that I've learned in my life and more specifically kind of cemented this summer that I'm taking with me into the school year to help me thrive as a student, athlete, and just an overall human. Number one, 
We've all felt ashamed thinking that not having it together and breaking down equates to failure, whether that be failure mentally, failure spiritually, or failure physically. And because of that, we don't always feel free to tell the truth about our doubts and struggles. But that's a big, big issue because hiding your truth only intensifies it. And problems tend to thrive and grow in the dark and they only become bigger and bigger. But when you expose them to the light of the truth, they shrink. So it's really important that you take away the shame and you let the emotions come in and you let them pass and you treat yourself with kindness and gently because you are not a failure because of your emotions. And number two, in tandem to that, the great news is there's space for your emotions, for every emotion. There's space for anger. There's space for grief. There's space for anxiety. You don't have to feel like you have to kick out your anger or your grief or your anxiety or whatever society has labeled as the bad emotions just for the sake of making room for joy. There is space for all of them in your life. And here's a little secret. If you don't give space to all of them, if you continue to bottle them down and go, I don't deserve to have this emotion. I should be happy and feel great all the time. It's going to come back and bite you in the butt one way or another. Number three, you are not your feelings. You are simply the feeler of them. You don't have to make your feelers your identity. You don't have to make your anxiety your identity. You don't have to make your depression your identity. You don't even have to make your joy your identity. You're stronger and you're better than your feelings. Let them, especially the bad ones, live in the good ones. That's what life's about. (laughs) Let the bad ones have their moment of glory and then politely challenge them and say, hey man, cool story you're trying to tell, but quite frankly, you're full of crap and you feeling do not make me the awesome person that I am. Thoughts are not facts. You don't have to believe, engage, or try to explain every anxious thought that comes into your head. Let it come in. Say, thanks for visiting. See you later. Number four, very frankly put, because it's how I'm going to get this point across. When you feel like shit, do good for someone else. (laughs) Um, And this doesn't mean it has to be the most grandiose act in the world. And more often than not, the small acts make you feel just as good as the big acts. Obviously, if you have the funds or the resources to do big acts, big acts like go donate money, all that stuff amazing it should be done it needs to be done but small things they really add up like just like smiling at someone on the street honestly I think like when I go out for walks I think that people probably think I'm psychotic because I try and smile and I do that classic the meme the white person smile I try and smile at every single person and it's like I'm playing do you remember that game when you were a kid called sweet and sour you play in the car and you would smile at everyone if they smiled back they were sweet if they didn't they're sour. Well, I swear I like subconsciously play that game just in public every day. And I'd smile at everyone just to hope that maybe it makes them smile if they're having a crap day. I don't know. But that's just like a small act that I like to do that helps me think maybe I'm helping make their day better because there's been days where I'm just nothing is working. I'm miserable. I just need something to go right. And someone smiles at me and it's them passing them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there is hope. (laughs) And there's kind of a phrase that encapsulates this for me that I really love. And it's kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And I think about that a lot. 
because kind words and compliments and just being nice to someone is such an easy thing to do. And just think about every time you get a compliment, as silly or simple as it is, you think about it and you keep thinking about it and it puts a smile on your face. And that's such an easy thing to give a person. So when you're not feeling good, if you want to get out of those bad feeling thoughts, go do something good for someone else. Number five, you've probably heard this one a million times in your life. It's taken me years to finally understand this. I still am not perfect with it because it is impossible to be perfect, let me remind you. (laughs) But number five is don't play the comparison game. You're never going to find joy trying to run someone else's race. Honestly, you don't need to be like everyone else or try to keep up with what everyone else is doing. The dreams that you're pursuing or the life you live will never look like what everyone else is doing, and they shouldn't. They just shouldn't. You're called to live a life and live on a life path that is specific to you and you only. Trying to live a life path identical to someone else is a detriment not just to you, but every single person that you touch because we need individuals to share their own personal magic to light this world. So I'm begging you, don't miss what life has for you by chasing what was never meant for you. You're created to be you, not to be a celebrity or your friend who you think has it all together and their life is perfect because at the end of the day, they probably don't have it together. You have to remember that what you're seeing is an airbrush version of a lot of these celebrity and perfect people, air quotes, lives. Just remember that not everyone has it together. And, you know, flowers are pretty, but so are sunsets, and they look nothing alike. So don't compare yourself. You're a beautiful sunset or a flower. They're both nice. They're both pretty. Very different, though. Number six, also a very hard one for me to learn and one I took very personally when I was younger, is that people come in for seasons of life and you can't and I mean, you can, it's not going to serve you well, but you shouldn't hold grudges or judgment because of this, but rather be free flowing and move with these people and season changes. But you also don't want to hold grudges for those people that left your life or were seasonal in your life. Forgiveness is one of the hardest things to do, but one that is necessary for growth. And, you know, growth is not something that happens linearly. It's hard to forgive because it means letting go of something that someone owes you or that you perceive they owe you. But at the end of the day, that forgiveness becomes freedom from the past and freedom from the hurt someone put on you. And that's what you want. Number seven. And sorry if I get senti about this one. I just, I just love this one. Um, find people who feel like home. I think that a lot of the time we think home has to be a place that has four walls and a roof. But a home can also be two eyes and a heartbeat. You, you really don't have to do life alone. And quite frankly, we are not meant to do life alone. This this one just puts a smile on my face because I used to be the type of person who thought I do have to do everything alone and I couldn't burden people with what I was going through. But I'm at a point now where I have people that lift me up and I know I have people that I can go to when I'm down that will support me and I'm not burdening them. And 
all I can say is find those people. And when you find those people, just trust. It's hard to build trust, especially if you have trauma and you're hurt. But find those people, trust them, and be open with them. You have to have, I feel like, it's so important to have at least one person in your life where you can be like, hey, sometimes I just feel terrible. And everything, it feels like there's a dark cloud over my head and I just, I, I don't hate you, but I just, I can't be who I normally am right now. And all I need is a hug. And knowing that you have that one person in your life will help you really push through those hard times because you know you're not fighting through it alone. Number eight, and also a very big concept that you don't really get until you're not in the thick of the trauma and the recovery and the pain, but growth is not linear, and that's so frustrating, so frustrating. I'm the type of person where, and it's something I work on every day, where if something's off, I want to fix it, I want to fix it now. I am a fixer, and I want to have solutions and Sometimes you just don't have solutions and things can be going really, really well. And then you regress a little bit and then it happens again. It cycles. And that's so frustrating because you just once you taste the the relief and have those thoughts go away when it comes back, it's so frustrating. But something that really eases my conscience with this concept is the idea that some seasons of your life are questions and other are answers. And at the end of the day, you just have to accept where you are at in life. You have to accept your mental quirks that make you feel broken. And by the way, they don't make you broken. And if someone or something is telling you that or telling you to just get over it or that you're weak or that you should be stronger than this, you can kindly tell them to piss off or send them my way and I will happily do it for you. Number nine, don't ever apologize for actions you take in prioritizing your mental health. Don't apologize for expressing your feelings. Because when you're apologizing for expressing your feelings, you're convincing yourself that you're not worth the space you take up, which couldn't be further from the truth. And also, taking care of yourself is a holistic practice, and it builds up the most important dimensions of wellness, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies. Don't let yourself feel demonized for taking care of yourself and doing things that balance out these four different bodies. I know that's hard because we live in a culture where overworking is glorified. It is. If you're grinding and it's crazy because if you're not sleeping, you're the hardest worker. That's ridiculous because there's no way that you can keep your cup filled with that mentality and you have to keep your cup filled for you. It's what helps you be the best version of you. And that best version of you is what helps impact others and make the world a better place. And number 10, above all, treat yourself like someone you are responsible to take care of, someone that you love so, so deeply. At the end of the day, no one is going to be there for you like you are. So it's really important to fall in love with who you is, baby. (laughs) Falling in love with yourself is such a hard process and it feels so pointless at times. But when you finally start to love and accept that you were created to be exactly the way you are, just as you are, you'll experience freedom. You're going to experience freedom from your own thoughts, your own limiting beliefs, old patterns, and ways of being. On your darkest days, you have to look where the light pours in. 
And when you're strong enough to do it, start sharing your light to the world so you can pull others out of their dark days too. I saw this great quote on my school's um, CAPS website as I was going to look for a new therapist, actually, (laughs) that said, no matter how much light I carry with me, there will always be times of feeling lost, being confused, and seeking direction. It's the way of the human heart. As an athlete and a student, as a student athlete, as we're called, (laughs) this really resonated with me. Um, Because as athletes, you know, We hope that every athletic performance, every test we turn in, every relationship we embark on will turn out perfectly. But in reality, there's going to be bumps in the road. And there's going to be times when the light we carry will dim. But as my favorite quote from Harry Potter goes, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times if one only remembers to turn on the light. So turn on your light. If it gets dim... Do what you need to do to flip that sucker back on and thrive in the crazy world that is college athletics and make this year a great year. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Go be kind to someone today and go be kind to yourself always. 